Good morning, and welcome to Simply Science. It's Wednesday, February 7th. On today's show, scientists are using artificial intelligence to predict wildfires, and hurricanes are growing so powerful that we may need to add a Category 6. Plus, AI unlocks ancient text owned by Caesar's family. This coverage and more, up next. I'm David, and you're listening to Simply Science. We start off with a look at how artificial intelligence is increasingly being used to predict wildfires, with the LightningCast AI model proving particularly successful since its introduction in 2021. Forecasting wildfires is a complex task, with numerous factors to consider. To delve deeper into this topic, we have our correspondent from Simply Science. Can you tell us more about the challenges of fire weather prediction? Absolutely, David. Forecasting wildfires is indeed a complex task. Factors such as terrain, fuel assessment, and risk communication all play a role. Complex terrain, for instance, includes steep slopes and intersecting valleys that cause small-scale changes in weather. Meteorologists have to interpret and improve highly complex weather models to make them work when these geographic factors change winds and rainfall. And how does weather, particularly lightning, factor into wildfire development? Weather plays a significant role in wildfire development and lifespan. The millions of lightning strikes that occur across the United States annually can spark wildfires within seconds. This is especially hazardous when lightning is not accompanied by rain, as a single strike can ignite a full-fledged fire. In the right conditions, these fires can rapidly expand, threatening communities with little to no warning. So how does artificial intelligence assist in predicting these disasters? Artificial intelligence can help distinguish the unusual from the exceptional. With over 80,000 wildfires each year, AI and machine learning can narrow down these thousands of fires into the ones posing the highest risk. AI techniques have been used in the past to predict severe weather and hurricane development, pinpoint volcanic eruptions, and assist the aviation community with monitoring cloud conditions. Can you tell us more about the LightningCast AI model and how it works? The LightningCast AI model was developed by John Centineo at the University of Wisconsin Cooperative Institute for Meteorological Satellite Studies and tested in 2021 to advance fire weather forecasts. It works with two of NOAA's GOZAR satellites and processes data from more than 6,600 images generated by their two instruments. The machine's trained algorithm can recognize complex patterns to determine where it's most likely that lightning strikes will happen within the next hour. It does this in part by generating maps within just a few seconds. What potential does AI have in this field going forward? AI has the potential to be a game changer in many ways, including early fire detection, lightning prediction, forecasting fire spread and behavior, mapping fire perimeters, and assessing wildfire risk prior to ignition. With continued support from the Bipartisan Infrastructure Law and collaboration with Nestis Cooperative Institutes, forecasters are looking forward to continued testing, combining AI with satellite and environmental data sources to create a new algorithm for detecting fires early and even predicting behavior and spread. That's certainly something to keep an eye on. Thanks, Celeste. Speaking of which, climate change is not only driving up Earth's temperature, but also intensifying hurricanes, 
leading scientists to propose the addition of a Category 6 to the Saffir-Simpson hurricane wind scale. Here to discuss this further is our correspondent, Bella. Can you tell us more about this proposal and why it's being considered? Certainly, David. The current Saffir-Simpson hurricane wind scale ranks powerful tropical storms based on wind speed, starting at Category 1, which is 74 to 95 miles per hour, up to Category 5, which is 157 miles per hour or higher. The issue scientists have is with the or higher for Category 5 storms. They argue that the open-endedness of the fifth category becomes problematic for conveying wind risk in a warming world. To address this, researchers Michael Vayner and James Cawson propose adding a Category 6 for hurricanes with sustained wind speeds of at least 192 miles per hour. Have there been storms that would qualify as a Category 6 under this proposed scale? Yes, there have. Since 2013, five storms have reached or surpassed wind speeds of 192 miles per hour. These include Hurricane Patricia, Typhoon Haiyan, and Typhoon Maranti. And as global temperatures rise, the risk of these powerful storms increases. What would the impact of a Category 6 hurricane be if it were to make landfall? While storms tend to weaken as they reach landfall, a Category 6 hurricane making landfall in a populated area could be a major disaster, even after some weakening. For instance, Typhoon Haiyan, which had a wind speed of 196 miles per hour when it made landfall in the Philippines in 2013, resulted in an estimated 6,300 deaths and left 4 million people homeless. The damage costs were around $13 billion. And what are the chances of a Category 6 hurricane forming in the Atlantic, where hurricanes that threaten the U.S. East Coast form? According to Weiner, the odds of a Category 6 hurricane forming in the Atlantic increase once global warming reaches 3 degrees Celsius above pre-industrial levels. Currently, we are around 1.2 or 1.3 degrees Celsius above those levels. So while there's still time, if we continue to pollute at the rate we're going, the future could indeed be dark and stormy. From Bella's sobering report on the potential need for a new category of hurricane classification, we now turn to a more uplifting story. A 2,000-year-old scroll, believed to have belonged to Julius Caesar's father-in-law and charred during the Mount Vesuvius eruption in 79 AD, has been deciphered using artificial intelligence. This breakthrough, which has been hailed as a revolution in Greek philosophy, was achieved by three students who won a $700,000 prize. Here to delve into this fascinating development is our correspondent, Abby. Could you tell us more about this ancient text and its significance? Certainly, David. The text was discovered in the 18th century in the library of a luxurious villa in the Roman town of Herculaneum, which was destroyed in the same eruption that obliterated Pompeii. The text is thought to discuss music and food and is believed to be written in the style of the Greek philosopher Philodemus, who followed the teachings of Epicurus. However, the text was so badly burnt by volcanic debris that it fell apart when scholars attempted to unroll it. So, how did these students manage to decipher the text? The breakthrough came when Dr. Brent Seals and his team at the University of Kentucky used high-resolution CT scans to unroll the texts. However, the black carbon ink used on the scripts was indistinguishable from the papyrus itself. This led Dr. Seals to launch the Vesuvius Challenge, a $1 million prize for anyone who could find a solution. The winning team comprised of three students with backgrounds in tech 
built an AI model that was able to decipher the lettering using pattern recognition. What kind of insights have been gleaned from the deciphered text so far? The AI model has so far deciphered 2,000 Greek characters, which is only 5% of the text. The translated characters reveal the author discussing the sources of pleasure in life, referencing music and food. In one passage, the author questions whether things in lesser quantities bring more pleasure, using food as an example. What are the future plans for this technology? The team behind the Vesuvius Challenge hopes that the technology can be used to read 90% of all four scrolls scanned this year, and eventually all 800. This could potentially unlock a wealth of knowledge about ancient Roman times and Greek philosophy. That was Simply Science reporter Abby shedding light on this fascinating intersection of technology and history. Speaking of history, let's shift our focus to a Bronze Age hoard discovered in Spain over 60 years ago, known as the Treasure of Valena. New research reveals that parts of the treasures were made from meteoric iron. Here to delve into this fascinating discovery is our correspondent, James. Can you tell us more about this treasure and its unearthly components? Certainly, David. The Treasure of Vilena, discovered in 1963, comprises 59 items, including bottles, bowls, and pieces of jewelry made from gold, silver, amber, and iron. However, researchers noticed something unusual about some of the iron pieces. They were described as being made of a dark, leaden metal, shiny in some areas and covered with a ferrous-looking oxide. Now, it has been revealed that the iron used in two of the artifacts originated from a meteorite that fell to Earth around one million years ago. That's quite a revelation. How did the researchers determine that the iron was of meteoric origin? The researchers tested two of the iron pieces, a C-shaped bracelet and a hollow sphere topped with a gold sheet. They used mass spectrometry, a technique that measures the mass-to-charge ratio of molecules, and found traces of iron-nickel alloy comparable to that found in meteoric iron. The compositions of the artifacts were so similar that they could have come from the same meteorite. What does this discovery tell us about the people who crafted these objects? The discovery sheds light on the technological capabilities of these ancient people. Working with meteoritic iron, which is completely different from copper-based metallurgy and noble metals like gold and silver, would have required innovation and the development of new technology. It's fascinating to see how these past societies experimented and innovated with new technologies. Do we know who crafted these objects and where they originated? That's still a mystery. These are the first and oldest meteoritic iron objects found in the Iberian Peninsula, but it's unclear who crafted them and where they originated. One possibility is that they came from the Eastern Mediterranean, where other contemporary objects are known. However, more local production cannot be ruled out, despite other meteoritic iron in Europe having later chronologies. This fascinating discovery from the Bronze Age, as reported by our Simply Science correspondent James, certainly takes us out of this world. And on that note, we wrap up our stories for today. Thanks for listening to Simply Science. We'll see you back here tomorrow. <laughs>